This is More Better Days, the podcast where I teach people with chronic illness how to use thought work and coaching to radically improve their quality of life. If you're tired of chronic symptoms dominating your life and you want to learn how to get unstuck and actually start to thrive, you are in the right place. I'm your host, Misha Delaney, certified life coach and mind-body syndrome practitioner. I'll show you how to make your mind your most powerful asset in your healing journey. It's time to break through the limitations and build a vibrant, abundant, and joyful life alongside chronic illness. Are you ready? I know I am. Let's dive in. Hello, hello, my friend, and welcome back to More Better Days. This is episode number six. Today, I want to talk to you about unleashing radical well-being by unlearning perfectionism. If you're feeling stuck and you want to make progress in your life, make sure you pay attention because today's conversation might be exactly what you need to hear to start breaking free from perfectionistic thinking. Now, many of us have bought into this fantasy that perfectionism will keep us safe. But in reality, perfectionism is a flimsy armor at best. It's a mask that gives a false sense of safety. We believe that if nobody notices that anything is out of place, that we'll be safe from criticism, punishment, and shame. But the irony is that perfectionism is basically us shaming ourselves in advance. We think that we can protect ourselves from being shamed and judged by others, by doing it ahead of time to ourselves. We criticize our imperfections and we hide them away before anybody else can. Brene Brown describes perfectionism as a 20-ton shield that we carry around to protect ourselves, but in reality, all it does is weigh us down. And it is really damn hard to get unstuck and thrive in your life when you're lugging around a 20-ton shield. My upbringing taught me that perfectionism was a desirable trade, and that was reinforced by every A that I got in class, every ballet performance I ever did, every time a professor or an employer praised me for going above and beyond. For most of my life, I believed that perfectionism was a highlight of my personality. I was so indoctrinated into the perfectionist fantasy that I couldn't see that it was just a thin veil holding back a ton of shame and fear. Fear of lack of control. Fear of being rejected or judged. It was a way for me to hide in plain sight. If I didn't give anyone anything to criticize me about, then hopefully I would feel safe. The world tells us to follow the rules, to be perfect, and then you will be rewarded. And I carried this perfectionistic myth with me from childhood into early adulthood, and it has negatively impacted my well-being for years. I used to list perfectionism as one of my strengths in job interviews. (laughs) And now I can just look back at that and laugh, and I am sure I am not the only person who was taught to say that their perfectionism was a strength to try to impress people. 
And also, just wow, I mean, what a long way I can see that I have come in unlearning all of that BS. And so today, let's see if I can help you start to unlearn some of it too. There's a lot to unpack when it comes to perfectionism. So let's start by talking about it in general, and then we'll get more specific about how it shows up as a common coping mechanism for people living with chronic medical conditions. So here's what perfectionism is and what it is not. Often we can mistake perfectionism as a way to highlight our merits when really it's just a method of blending in and hiding. Perfectionism is an attempt to become a chameleon and not draw attention to our flaws. And for a long time, I mistook perfectionism as me striving for excellence. But perfection is not the same as excellence because it's driven by fear of criticism. What separates excellence from perfection is that excellence is an expression of love, love for beauty by creating more beauty in the world to the best of your ability. And on the flip side, the driving force behind perfection is fear and avoidance, not love. There's two reasons why perfectionism can wreak havoc on your self-confidence and growth. The first reason is that it's connected to shame. And shame is a primitive, painful emotion that's focused on the perception of others and fear of rejection. Shame tells us that our worthiness is determined by what we achieve and how well we achieve it. So if we perform badly, then it means that we ourselves are bad, that we are flawed and unworthy of belonging and love. And let me tell you, my friend, that is not true. I believe in basic goodness, and that means that you are good. You are worthy of connection and love and care regardless of what you do or do not accomplish. Your worthiness is in your nature as a living, breathing being. If you are seeking connection, if you're seeking safety and self-compassion, perfectionism will not help you find what you are seeking. The second reason why perfectionism is keeping you stuck and feeling small is that it's all built on a lie. There's no such thing as perfect. Sorry to burst your bubble, but perfection is a myth. It's a fantasy. In order for perfectionism to quote-unquote work, perfection actually has to be attainable. So you're setting yourself up to be let down every single time you let perfectionism take the steering wheel. If you struggle with perfectionism, it's likely showing up in most areas of your life. So here's some examples. Maybe you're putting off positive changes in your life and staying stuck because you don't want to make mistakes along the way and you worry about how others will perceive you. Or maybe you're avoiding vulnerability in personal relationships for fear of being seen as imperfect. And as a result, you're missing out on the intimate connections that you're really longing for. Or you could be putting off learning a new skill because you know you'll probably be bad at it before you get better. And every time that you let perfectionism take over in your work, in your relationships, in your life, it's also impacting your emotional well-being, which in turn 
impacts your mind-body system, and your chronic symptoms. When my life was flipped upside down by Lyme disease, I was already very well-versed in being a perfectionist, and I fell into those habits as I tried to cope with the disease. I was desperate to get better, and I did all the things, all the therapies, all the medications, all the lifestyle changes. I took all of my medicine on time, I did the highly restricted diet, I tracked my symptoms, I didn't engage in any activity that I was told to avoid. I planned and I scheduled and I did everything that my doctor told me to do. I did it as perfectly as I possibly could because I believed that if I followed all the rules and I did every little thing as perfectly as possible, that I would be rewarded with remission. And after about four years of this, I realized that it felt like I was living in a police state and that I was the one policing myself. I was so obsessed with this idea that if I was good enough, that I would get better. And I was doing myself a huge disservice by being so rigid with my healing process. Not only was it keeping my system in a heightened state of fear and anxiety, but I just wasn't enjoying life at all. I was punishing myself with perfectionism when living with a disease was already hard enough on its own. Perfectionism is how we try to avoid and minimize shame, judgment, and blame. And I think this comes up as a coping mechanism with chronic illness often because we are encountering both external and internalized ableism. We associate health with being good and sickness with being bad. Our society not so subtly teaches us to believe that health is something that is earned through discipline and being a good person. And as a result, if someone is unhealthy or disabled, it must be a result of their own failing or lack of effort. And so we turn to perfectionism in an attempt to reduce the shame of internal and externalized ableism. We hope that if we follow all the rules perfectly, we will earn our health back and be in good standing with ourselves and others once again. And this is all a fantasy, and it's a fantasy built upon a fallacy. Because illness and disease and pain are not measures or indicators of anyone's worth or lack thereof. There is no perfect body, no perfect image of health, no perfect life where we never feel negative emotions or physical pain. Yet so many people long for this as if it's attainable, and the emotional pain of not achieving that vision of perfection is oh so very real. Healing is messy and imperfect. It isn't linear. The sooner that you can accept and embrace that in your daily life, the better. All right, we're taking a quick break for me to jump in and say, if you are excited about what you're learning today and you're ready to take the next step towards getting unstuck, getting back in control of your life and starting to thrive, please go to morebetterdayspodcast.com. There you'll find free resources on how to get started. And don't forget to follow me and say hello on Instagram at at 
Misha Delaney. You'll find links in today's episode notes. Okay, back to the show. I want to give you some specific examples of how perfectionism can show up in direct relationship with chronic illness. And I'm going to give you two examples so that you can start looking for it in your own life. In an overarching sense, perfectionism is linked with the freeze response. And as I mentioned before, an underlying emotion of perfectionism is fear. Fear of discomfort, fear of failure, fear of negative emotions. And when our nervous system has been dysregulated by chronic illness, mundane and ordinary circumstances can trigger a freeze response and land you in bed for hours or days. Have you ever had that experience where you're up and moving, you're getting a few things done, you're feeling all right, and then all of a sudden you just have this feeling of dread in the pit of your stomach and you feel compelled to just go lie down and pull the covers over your head? This happens to me often and it is a freeze response. For a long time, I thought that this was my Lyme fatigue kicking in, but as I've grown my awareness around how my thoughts and emotions impact my symptoms, I've learned how to recognize the difference between Lyme fatigue and a perfectionist freeze response. So when I get that feeling, the pit in my stomach, and I suddenly want to shut down and go lie down for hours, I have to stop and I say to myself, whoa, what just happened here? You were fine a moment ago. What were you thinking about in the background? And I backtrack through my thoughts and I search for what's filling me with dread. And it's usually something fairly simple, like someone has texted me and I didn't respond right away and I'm feeling really guilty about it. Or I remember a task that I've been avoiding and I feel like there's something wrong with me for avoiding it for so long. So once I'm able to identify and name what's bringing up that shame and dread, the freeze response starts to relax a bit and I'm able to get into a mind space of finding solutions and focusing on progress instead of perfection. And before I know it, I'm moving through my day again and the sensation of fatigue has at least gone down but usually has completely disappeared. Another example of how perfectionism gets in the way of progress with chronic illness is when we allow it to stop us from taking up beneficial habits and activities. It's hard not to focus on limitations while managing debilitating symptoms. I, I, I get it. I really do. I used to get so in my head about what I couldn't do that I wouldn't even try the things that I could do. So for example, I wanted to build a little strength after my first course of treatment. And my doctor recommended that I use two pound weights and do one set of like 10 lifting reps two to three times a week. And that recommendation seems so small and frankly embarrassing that I literally didn't even pick up the weights for another year. I didn't want to do too little, so I just did nothing instead. 
And maybe you've had a similar experience where perfectionism has prevented you from committing to something like a movement pacing regimen because you worry that it won't meet all of your expectations. Or maybe you're avoiding using assistive and adaptive tools like a mobility aid that would help you participate in activities. Perfectionism is whispering in your ear telling you that you can't do something without assistance, that you shouldn't do it at all. If one of these examples rings true, know that I am not calling you out to shame you. Instead, I'm pointing them out to normalize them, and I'm inviting you to see how it's holding you back. Getting unstuck is all about imperfect progress. Don't let perfect get in the way of good enough. So how do you begin to unlearn perfectionism? It all begins with calling it out for what it truly is, a false sense of safety and control. Reflect on how it's shown up throughout your life. Examine the belief system that's fueling your perfectionistic tendencies. Why do you think that perfectionism is benefiting you right now? And where did you pick up this belief? What emotions are driving your perfectionism? Now, most likely, that answer is going to be blame, judgment, and shame. And the anecdote to blame, judgment, and shame is self-compassion and empathy. So look out for negative self-talk related to perfectionism. Remind yourself that your worth is not determined by how well you follow the rules. And look for ways to give that same grace and understanding to others through empathy and acceptance. Because practicing empathy for others and their flaws will give your brain examples of how you can do the same for yourself. The other part of unlearning perfectionism is simply taking action, even when you're scared and you don't want to. Ask yourself what imperfect habits you can start working on today that your future self will thank you for. And if it feels overwhelming to do this work in direct relationship to chronic illness, then start by unlearning perfectionism in other areas of your life first. Begin with the low-hanging fruit, the small things you already know that you need to do but you've been avoiding, like responding to that email that you've been ignoring or vacuuming just one room in the house, Maybe you take the next small step on that project that you've been putting off, or you use that mobility aid to get out of the house. Play around with changing your standards of what a job well done means. So if your actions were to be graded by a professor, please stop going for an A grade. Go for a B or a B minus as a recovering perfectionist, I can tell you that even just saying it right now, it's still my little like senses get tingly, right? Because we're told that we're supposed to go for the A. But I'm telling you, if you want to unlearn perfectionism, it's okay to go for a B or a B minus. I promise you, the world is not going to crumble around you if you're creating B level results in your life. And that's because a B is better than zero. And zero is what you get when perfectionism stops you from doing anything at all. 
You can take what you learn from doing things imperfectly and apply those learnings the next time that you try something similar. And that's how improvement happens. And this approach connects back to last week's episode of feeling discomfort on purpose. So if you haven't listened to that, I would recommend that you check it out because these connect. Unlearning perfectionism is going to be uncomfortable, but it's better than the discomfort of being stuck. And you'll find over time that embracing your imperfections will lead to more confidence, deeper social connections, and better life outcomes. So consider this episode your invitation to take notice of how perfectionism is taking a toll on your daily quality of life. You don't need it, but I'm going to give it to you anyway. I am giving you permission to be imperfect. You already are, so embrace it. Mess things up a little bit. Focus on taking small, imperfect actions that will move you towards what you want more of in life. Feel your way through the discomfort of being a beautifully flawed human, because that's what we all are all the time. Beautiful, flawed, and oh so worthy. So go out there this week and do at least one imperfect thing on purpose each day. And I'll see you next week. All right, my friend, that's everything I've got for you today. But I do have a favor to ask. If you enjoyed this show, please help me on my mission of bringing more empowerment and agency into the lives of people with chronic illness by helping me get the word out. All you need to do is hit that follow button and write a review of the podcast. It only takes a moment, but your action will have a ripple effect in spreading the word to people who are yet to discover more better days. And also, don't forget to share today's episode with a friend too. And if you're ready to take action towards getting unstuck and starting to thrive, go to morebetterdayspodcast.com. There you'll find free resources on how to get started. And you can also follow me on Instagram at at Misha Delaney for inspiration and approachable tips that you can use on the daily to develop your mind-body resilience. You can find links to everything I just mentioned in the show notes for this episode. Thank you so much for listening, and I hope today is one of the better days.